Hello, and welcome to the Jubilee Church Podcast. Jubilee Church exists to help all people know God, find family, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you would like to learn more or connect with us, please visit our website at jubileestl.org. Welcome to Easter 2021. My name is Brian, and we are so honored that you join us today, whether that's online or one of our four physical locations. Thank you so much for being with us. If you're looking for a little hope, if you're looking for a little good news, you have come to the right place. Uh, Not a false hope, but a genuine hope and an authentic hope. And, and, And maybe in 2020, you've had some dreams, some aspirations that got dismantled. So you're a little bit more cynical, a little bit more like, hey, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. If that's you, I hear you. Um, this past summer, we were, my family, we were in, uh, in, in Colorado in August. It was a friend's birthday, and, and we did this for him and to climb this mountain, this 14er. Uh, we're not hikers, all right? So this wasn't our deal, but we did this uh, for them. And you know, with the elevation, you know, I'm climbing up this mountain, and, it, and I'm hurting. I'm suffering. I'm barely making it. There's, there's pain on my face. And people, as I'm going up, people coming down, they could see this. They're trying to encourage me. They're like, hey, it's just around the corner. You're, you're, you're almost there. You're, you're almost there. And the first few times, I'm like, oh, awesome. Okay, this helps me. Uh, and then I get around the corner and then see much more mountain, much more mountain. So the first few times, it was encouraging. But after the fifth, the sixth, the seventh time, I began to get a little cynical. In fact, little eye rolls. And people say, hey, you're almost there. I'm kind of like, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. And uh, I think that's kind of what 220 was like. It's kind of like, hey, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. And even in 2021, it's going to get better. It's like, it's not getting better. I don't feel better. It's not, things aren't improving. And that's really true. If we, if we put our hope in anything in this life, eventually it's going to leave us a bit cynical. But I'm here to say that the hope that Jesus offers through his resurrection, what we're celebrating today is secure and it is eternal and it can be yours. Hope can be yours today. A new life can be yours today. The promise that we receive is called our gospel. This promise is called our good news. So what is this good news? Well, our text today describes it for us. Peter says, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he may bring us to God. In the past five years or so, our family has really gotten into camping. Uh, we love the outdoors. We don't, we're not hikers, we're more sitters. And so that's camping does that, you know, lakes, uh, rivers, fires. We love that we go every year, we go multiple times a year. And in this camping trip last fall, I think it was October, we're kind of sitting around and uh, not doing much. And, and in the distance, we begin to hear uh, some shouting. We hear, we hear Jasmine, uh, Brianna, and, and it gets louder. Brianna, Jasmine, it gets louder and louder. And, and then as I get up, I'm seeing, I see these two, I'm guessing, parents, and there, there is fear on their face. There is desperation on their face. And I didn't even have to ask the question. I just said, how old are they? And it's like our two daughters, they're nine and 11, and gave me a little description. And then I joined them, and so they went this way, and I went that way, and I'm going up and down the shoreline of the lake looking for them, wondering what's happened, yelling out their name, Brianna, Jasmine, and then, and then like asking other people, have you seen these two little girls? This is what they look like. This is how tall they are. And, and then they get joined in. It seemed like maybe half the camp is now looking for these two girls, and you can hear their names being shouted through the campground, Brianna, Jasmine. And this went on for about 30 minutes, and at one point, I, I I heard the moms like almost like shrieking, like, I just want my daughters back. I just want 
my kid's back. And the good news is eventually they found him. The parents, no doubt, were relieved. But you can imagine that experience allowed them the opportunity to realize that they would do anything to get their kids back. What's the cross all about? What's up with this blood and and thorns and beatings and suffocation of the Messiah? God wanted his kids back. For Christ also suffered that he might bring us back to God. In the cross, God wanted his kids back. In the cross, God wanted you back. By sending his son, the righteous, to come and rescue you and I, the unrighteous. Like these little girls, we've all gone astray. We've, we've all wandered off. And just like these parents who would do anything just to get their kids back, God was willing to do everything, to give up everything, to get his kids back, to get you and I back, you and I back. Now, you might be saying, you know, like gone astray, you know, like I'm not gone anywhere. I'm right here. I'm not astray. Well, where there is sin, you have gone astray. Where, where we have sin, that, that's not where we're supposed to be. Uh, when, when all of this was created in the garden of God, in the garden of Eden, there, there was no death because there was no sin. Sin entered the human equation. Death became a part of us. And here's a reality that you and I are not always aware of. Where there is sin, there is death. Sin always leads to death. In the garden of God, there was no death because there was no sin. And then when we look into the future, what we read about when, the, when this all, when the, when the story ends is that God's going to wipe away every tear. There will be no death, no disease, no war. Why? Because there'll be no more sin. He will have dealt with sin. But death is our reality because sin is our reality. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. The result of sin is death. Sin leads to death. Now, because we are ruled by immediate consequences, we don't always feel this. I mean, if, if you got, a, 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 you know, if you got a, um, you found out that you had cancer, and I know there's people in our, in our church that found out they got cancer. One of the things that we think about is we think about death because we connect the two. But if I was told you that I had sin, you may not think that's that big of a deal. It's not an acute problem. It's not, it, you know, it's harmless, but it leads to destruction. And we could see shadows of this destruction in our life. I mean, just look at all the hatred. Look at the murder. Look at the war. Look at the disease. Look at the disrepair of our planet. It is all under the sway of sin. Sin leads to destruction. But God wants to make all things new, and he wants to make you new. But in order to make you new, he has to deal with the sin. That is why he suffered and died for sin, but not his sin, our sin, your sin, my sin. Being put to death in the flesh, but, and here comes the Easter part, here comes the resurrection. He was made alive in the spirit. So he died, but he, was, he rose to new life. And the good news that I have for you today is that his resurrection can be your resurrection. His salvation can be your salvation. Now, again, we have to be aware of the cynical side of us because we live in this little wedge of time where death is normative. Resurrection is not normative. Death 
is normative, but there's something in us, you have to admit, there's something in us that says death shouldn't be this way. I mean, every time you go to a funeral, you're like, this isn't right. This shouldn't be it. And that's true. There's something in us that longs to connect with what is permanent. Solomon, with great insight, said it this way, that he has put eternity in our hearts. There's something that remembers what it was like in Eden that longs to be that way again. And in the resurrection, that reality will be true for us, that his resurrection, his salvation can be ours. And so maybe you've given up on this. I just want to encourage you, man, the disciples were that way too. I mean, when you read the resurrection account, even though Jesus had told them over and over again, hey, I'm going to, be di- <laughs> I'm going to die, and then on the third day, I'm going to rise again, even though there's like so many prophecies about this happening, it wasn't like the disciples were sitting at a tomb like 10, 9, any They were despondent. They were discouraged. But in the middle of their despair, the power of God raised Christ from the dead and his power can be at work in your life. Well, how can that be? Well, Peter in this text compares our decision today with Noah's decision back in the days of the great flood. You see, God warned them of this this destruction, but he gave them a way of being saved through the ark. Just like in the days of Noah, who were saved by climbing into the ark, you and I will be saved if and only if we climb into Christ. That is a relationship with Christ. Those who stayed outside the ark took their chances with the storm, but those who climbed inside the ark were saved from the storm. Those who stay outside a relationship with Christ take their chances with death. Those who get inside a relationship with Christ are saved from death. Jesus is our ark. He is the only one who took on the storms of death and remained victorious. He beat the grave. And because he beat the grave, he is the one who justifies us. He is the one who makes us righteous. He is the one who saves us. He is the one who makes us new. So maybe your 2020 was like a storm and it revealed to you and that you trust in something that feels a little temporary, a little fragile. So maybe you trusted in your health. Maybe you trusted in a job. Maybe you trusted in a political party. Maybe you trusted in uh, humanity's view of justice. And even if these things somehow survive the storm of 2020, they will not survive death. There's only one thing that's going to allow you to pass through the waters of death, and it's trusting in the person of Jesus. Romans 6.23, I'll say it again, for the wages of sin is death. But here it is, the free gift of God is eternal life. It is a free gift. You don't earn it. You don't deserve it. It is a free gift of God, eternal life in Christ Jesus, in a relationship with Jesus. So we are given this gift by grace. We don't earn it. We don't deserve it. We are given, we are given it by grace and we receive it by faith. So we are given it to it by grace. We receive it by faith. That means we trust. We, we turn away from an old way of doing things and we turn and we trust by faith. Uh, we receive this gift by faith and we express this faith through baptism. I mean, so Peter talks about baptism. Uh, bab- to be baptized is a great thing and it is an essential part of following Jesus. Now, to be clear, baptism doesn't save us um, Some have wondered that. In the New Testament, though, in more than 40 different times, it's so clear that we are saved by grace and faith alone, apart from any human effort. I mean, even Peter in this text, he kind of feels, 
um, he kind of feels that potential air when he says, hey, look, I'm not talking about when water you know, touches your skin. That's not what saves you. But what saves you is the pledge that you make. And what baptism does, it expresses that pledge. Baptism is a public declaration that we do once God, outside of us, cleanses us, removes the guilt, does a new work in our heart, and our appeal in baptism is I'm with Jesus now. That's what baptism is. It expresses that faith. It is, it is a way, it's an outward expression uh, a drama, if you will, of an inward reality that we, ha- we have this union, that we have this relationship with Jesus. It's an amazing thing that we, that we have died with him. That's important. Our old life is gone. It is dead. In Christ, our old believe- uh, sin-dominated, unbelieving self has died. And we, what do you do with something that's dead? Well, you, you bury it. We, we died with Christ. We're buried with Christ. It's what you dramatize in baptism, you're going under the water. That's what the word baptism means. It means to be submerged into water. And then when you come out, out of the water, it's, it's describing that you are, you, you, you've died with Christ, you've been buried with Christ, and now you are raised to life in Christ. It dramatizes, it, it gives an outward expression. It, to, it tells you and it tells the world what Christ has done in you. Baptism is to salvation as a ring is in marriage, a, a wedding ring. You know, I'm looking at this ring now. See, I, I'm just old enough to remember weddings, um, barely remember weddings where they used to say, or the groom used to say to the bride, with this ring, I thee wed. With this ring, I thee wed. Now, what wasn't being said is that this ring when I get, you know, with this ring, I do, it's not saying, okay, this has the power to make us married. This isn't making us married. That's not what's, what they're saying. They're saying this is a symbol, a powerful symbol of the covenant that we are making. We give each other rings. We exchange rings as an outward expression of a, a, of a covenant that we have made. Vows make the marriage. Vows make, a ring is just a ring outside of a marriage. And, but this ring is a powerful symbol. It's a reminder that I'm with Rachel. It, 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 it shows the world that, hey, I'm, mar- I'm with Rachel. I'm, I'm married. But it doesn't make me married, but it demonstrates that I am married. It is by grace in faith alone, in a relationship with Christ. It's faith in Christ that makes the relationship. But we say this faith we symbolize this faith. We show the world this faith through baptism. So here's my question for you as we close. Have you made the vow and have you put on the ring? Maybe till now you've just, you've not really embraced what Jesus has done for you. And, and sadly, I hear this all the time. Sometimes the view, our view of Jesus can get clouded by an experience we had with a church or, uh, you know, we, we we, we, we kind of pick up a partial message of the gospel and we feel like we have to, we have to earn our salvation, that we have to be good enough. And, and maybe for the first time today, you're realizing it is a free gift. It's not something that you do. It's not something that you earn. It's not something you deserve. It is a gift that God gives you. It's only in this relationship. So in the days of Noah, like it wasn't like the good people who were saved. It wasn't the people who believed certain things who were saved. Um, it was the people who got in the, in the boat, who got in the ark. That's how you were saved. You got in the ark. The only way that you're saved 
It's not by being a good person. It's not by believing certain things. It's by being in a relationship. You're trusting in Jesus. You're not trusting yourself. You're trusting in Jesus. So you make this vow. If you want to be a Christian, you make the vow. Like, I want to repent of all others. I'm going I'm to repent of everyone else, and I, I want to be with you, Jesus. That's what it is. And so you make that vow. You repent from all else and you make that vow and say, I want to be with Jesus. And then, and then you symbolize that vow, that commitment, that relationship by being baptized. And it's something you do right away. You, you say to the world, by faith, you say to the world in baptism, I'm with Jesus now. I represent him. I'm new. I'm not the same. I'm clean. I'm free. I'm forgiven. I'm whole. I'm new. I'm with Jesus. You see, on the cross, Jesus was identifying with you. And in baptism, you identify with Jesus. So again, have you taken the vow and have you put on the ring? That's what I want to invite you to do today. You don't put on the ring before you're married. Uh, you make, make certain promises, some hopes and dreams, but it, it, the, the, the wedding ring is something you do after you're married. But not long after, it's not like the bride waits three days, three weeks, you know, three years to put on the ring. You do it right away. Same with baptism. Maybe tradition has held you back. Maybe you grew up in a tradition and, and that's held you back from being baptized. We would love to help you answer any questions uh, in the Bible about what baptism is all about. So if you have questions, we'd love to answer those questions. But maybe it's not tradition. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's just feared insecurity. Like, am I good enough? And, you know, if I, you know I, I don't know that I deserve it. And, hey, look, we don't deserve any of this. It, you know, we all deserve death. None of us deserve it. This is a free gift of God. This is not about your performance. And so that's why baptism is not about your performance either. You are expressing by faith what Christ has done for you. So the moment you express that faith, you should be baptized. I want to invite you to be baptized this week at one of our in-person services on April 11th, or if you're not ready to come back to an in-person service, we can baptize you throughout the week. We would love to do that. But maybe it's not, maybe it's not fear or insecurity. Sometimes I just hear people are, are like embarrassed. Like they became a Christian 10, 15 years ago and, and they, know they, need to, they know they need to be baptized and they never were baptized. And they're embarrassed by the fact that they're not baptized. I promise you, promise you that when you are baptized, nobody will be thinking that. Everybody will be rejoicing, crying, celebrating in what Jesus has done in your life. And they will be reminded what Christ has done in their life too. That's why it's such a celebration because we're all celebrating. We're not celebrating ourselves. We're not celebrating what we do. We're celebrating what Jesus has done. And baptism is an amazing expression of that. Are you ready? to receive this gift. It is a gift. If you have never put your faith and trust in Jesus, I'm inviting you to do that today. If you've received this gift, but you've not yet been baptized, whether that was three seconds ago, three days ago, three years, whatever, your next step is to express that in baptism. Would you express that faith in baptism? Here's what we're gonna do now. Uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna sing another song, but I wanna give you Sometime as this, as we're singing again, and as the song is being played, would you would you contemplate this next step? Would you um, contemplate what Christ would have you to do, and what you feel like you have faith for? And then when I come back, I'm going to come back here in a few minutes, and I'll lead you through a response.